draft running backs. Is this an up year or is it all depth from here? And if you're going to pick one wide receiver to put money down on, who's it going to be? And the safeties. We got to talk about this. Is there a top five safety in this class? We're going to get to it all today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As always, I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy, Rogue Analytics, and John Harris, who covers the Houston, Texas, and also uh, footballtakeover.com, where you can find a lot more content from John Harris there. Gentlemen, I mean, it's coming down to it. We, before we got on here, we were talking about how Combine's coming up, you know, we're going to be there, we're going to watch it on TV, and the best way to watch it, but one thing that would definitely be discussed there is this running back class, and I, I like that John wanted to talk about, you know, a couple of things pertaining to the class, because we just talked about our top five yesterday, and now the question is, is it a down year at the running back position, or is it a good year for the depth at the position? I, I definitely have a strong take on this, but first, John Harris, the floor is yours, I want your opinion, first, is it a down year for running backs? I don't think that there is – obviously, there's not a Najee Harris who's going to go in the first round. I mean, Thursday night's going to go by, and I don't think we're going to hear a running back's name called. And I know you get in the playoff – you know, the playoff teams that draft on Thursday night in the first round, and, yeah, maybe there could, there could be a surprise there. Like some team says, oh, you know, we need to bolster our running. I just don't think this class has a Najee Harris. I don't even – Travis Etienne, I didn't even know that he should have gone in the first round. I thought he was going to go to Buffalo at 30. I was a little surprised that Jacksonville took him. And then Jacksonville says, oh, we're going to turn him into a receiver, which yeah, that was I guess odd. that should have showed you what, that Urban Meyer was a little <laughs> – little, yeah, Urban's got his own issues. But anyways, yeah. I don't even know that Travis Etienne should have been gone in the first round. But the point – I and I had this, and I saw you guys discussing this on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter about – Kyron Williams and James Cook getting in your top five. And I started thinking, you know, how good is this class? I don't know that there is a bona fide, just top-notch star right away in this class. But I do feel like there is pretty significant depth in this class. I feel like the three guys at the top, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker, then there's a little bit of a gap. And then there's kind of the next group. I think that next group, could help determine what we think about this class four or five years down the road. And that includes guys like Zamir White, uh, James Cook, the two backs from Georgia. And then a guy that I, I really like, I think he is different. He looks kind of like a receiver. And when I first saw him at Arizona state, I thought, why is that receiver playing running back? And that's Rashad White. <laughs> yeah. And I talked to him at the senior bowl and I asked him, I said, well, you know, who were your influences growing up? And so for a lot of these guys, you know, oh, I watched, uh, you know, I don't know, LaDainian Tomlinson, or I, um, you know, I watched even, I watched Alvin Cook, you know, watch some of the, the, the more current guys. And he says, but the one guy I modeled my game after, and of course, being with the Houston Texans, when I heard this, I was like, yo, Arian Foster. Wow. And I thought, that's, wow, okay. 
that's the kind that's the kind of back I, I like. I mean, I love Darian Foster. I think Rashad White's got more long speed, but Arian Foster had more jukes. He had better quicks. Arian Foster was one of the smartest football players I ever saw. And if Rashad White can play up to that category, wow. I just think this is a deeper class. But I think there's something to like about all these guys. I think Brees Hall's got the vision. I think Kenneth Walker's got breaking tackles. Isaiah Spiller, at 215 pounds, has got some pretty sweet feet, and he caught the ball much better this year. Rashad White, I think, can be a dual threat run and receiving threat. Uh, Zamir White, I think, can be a hammer. Um, and I think there are guys that are a lot like that down the way. Tyler Algier, I think he can be at 220 pounds, a former linebacker. He runs like a linebacker. I think we'll look back at this class and go, you know what? There wasn't a top-notch guy going in, but there's a lot of value and depth in this running back class coming out. And then how can you forget Kyron Williams and the pass protector that he is? But I will say Brian Robinson Jr. might be right up there with him as a pass protector. My goodness, I was actually studying him today against Georgia. Holy smokes. Brian Robinson's a hammer as well. So yeah. I feel like there's good value, but maybe just not at the top. But There's no Najee. There's no Travis Etienne. You know, there's no Zeke. There's no, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey maybe. But there's a lot of value, I think, in this running back class. Yeah, and one guy that you on. didn't uh, mention was Jerome Ford. Yes. And there are some people that really hire him out of Cincinnati, and he has maybe some of the better long speed in this class. We're going to find that out. But definitely, Ryan, we want to get to you and uh, kind of your opinion on this class. Do you think it's uh, a deeper class, uh, or do you think it kind of lacks? You know, I'm, I'm right with John. John, you named my number four, number five on my depth chart right now in, in Williams and Robinson because I like Robinson's yeah. game a lot all the way around. But uh, I was going to go forward there a second ago, Croc, so thanks. Um, there's also, you know, the guy that stands out to me, it, Carr from Indiana was interesting on film. Yeah. Um, I got to make sure he's going to be in this class. Devontae Price. I'm just looking at my list. Like, there's a number in that range for me between, I don't know, 50 and 120 or so, like, I think you can get some meat there. And for me, in a couple of seasons, I think we should take a look back and see, like, how many snaps did we get out of this class yep. versus last year, et cetera, et cetera. Because I, I agree. I think there's volume here to be had that's good quality, but maybe not a star. And I think that's the the, the question that we have to answer, right? You know, are, are there the bell cow type backs in here? So that's the question I want to ask y'all. If there is a bell cow type guy, who do you think it is? I, I'll kind of start answering it, and we'll see how y'all feel about this. But Brees Hall, you know, when you look at how he's built, the physicality, I think he is a tremendous inside runner as well as being able to bounce things outside. And he shows just enough long speed and a little twitch to be able to make guys miss out in space. And then also a terrific pass catcher. He seems like a guy that could be maybe a bell cow. But do you guys have someone, either him or different in mind, that could potentially be drafted to kind of be a guy as opposed to maybe just a running back by committee, by like maybe, you know, James Cook? Right. When I view him, you know, he's not the biggest guy around 5'11", 190 pounds, you know, not as stout as maybe his brother, but shows that explosive ability. Can he pass protect? He's going to be in every down back. Not sure about that, but I think Brees Hall is kind of built for it. Do you all have a guy that you think that comes to mind? Eric, I'll give you one right off the bat because I can guarantee you whoever the Houston Texans draft will be the bell cow. No, no. doubt. Because we don't have one. We have... No. We, we went into the season with a bunch of 30-year-old running backs last year, and then Ingram got traded, and Phil Lindsay didn't work out, so he got released. And it came down to Rex Burkhead, and Rex is in his 30s now. So I can promise you that whoever the Texans draft, I say it a little bit in jest, but it really is not. Whoever the Texans draft is going to end up being the bell cow. My hope is that it ends up being my RB1, and that's Brees Hall. 
And okay. I know some people have soured a little bit on Bryce, um, Brees Hall for, for whatever reason. The guy's 215 pounds with just incredible vision and makes people miss in, in short spaces, but he's got enough to put his put his shoulder pads down and run through guys and get north-south when he needs to. He catches the ball to the backfield, and he is humble, and he is going to do work. And I think all of that, if that ends up in, in our building in Houston, I would be – it would be fantastic. I have watched the Titans draft Derrick Henry. I have watched the Colts draft Jonathan Taylor. And I see the Jaguars sign an undrafted free agent James Robinson. I want to have a running back like that. I'm greedy. I really am. I want to have somebody that can pound the rock. And I can go with any of those three guys up front. I think Hall, Spiller, Walker, to me, you can hand that ball to him 18, 19 times a game. And I think they're going to give you the benefit and the value. But my RB1 is Brees Hall, and I think he's the guy that's the bell cow for me. Awesome. Yeah, that, I think that's the guy. I think we can all agree on that. When we come back, we're going to talk about if you go to Vegas and you want to put $100 down on who the first receiver taken is, who will that be? We will discuss that next. But first, we want to talk about Bet Online, and maybe you can tie this bet into bet online all right because the football season is over but there's still things that you can bet on a lot of props and everything but you got basketball as well it's full steam ahead you got uh college hoops all right you got the nba and you know from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where you you know find the who's going to be the next fire coach and where is he going to land all right betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs our right, betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball all right betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and more information head to the website today and use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action betonline where the games start all right y'all let's get into it man we, we got the receiver class here. And I think this this is maybe the one class where I don't think people really know who the first receiver is going to be taken. Last season, I think it was pretty clear, right? It's going to be Jamar Chase. I think the thing with Jamar Chase is how high is he going to go? And there were props on, are you going to take him? You know, is he going to be drafted? I think his over-under on where he would be drafted was around six and a half or something like that. So if you took the, you know, the under in the sense of him going higher in the draft, and you think that he's going to go around four or five, you're correct, and you came up with some decent money. All right, this year, we don't know who that wide receiver one is in this class. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. If you had to go to Vegas, which I'm going to Vegas this weekend, can't wait, but if you had to go to Vegas <laughs> and put $100 down on which receiver you think would be taken, who would that be and why? Croc, I'm going to be watching film this weekend. I don't know why you're going to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> this is a question of who will, not who should, right? So I'm going to make that clarification because I, I actually think somebody's going to bite on a guy who got hurt late in the season because he's so explosive. I think teams are in love with speed. I think at the end, there's a chance. And and I would take this as a bet because it's not a sure thing, but it might make you a lot of money. I'll bet you Jameson Williams could go off the board first. I like, the way you're, I like the way you're thinking about the bet, you know, finding the, by finding the best – Value, value yeah, absolutely. Because when I think of my, it's it's so funny because this name got brought up a few weeks ago, and I can't remember exactly what we we're talking about. But Eric brought this name up, and I remember seeing him as a true freshman, and I 
as a true freshman, I went, that guy's wide receiver one in 2022. And I kept fighting it and fighting it. And I put Chris Olave there. And then I thought, man, should I put Garrett Wilson there? No, no. And I just, I'm like, you know what? I thought this a few years ago. I thought he had tremendous 2021. I think there's a lot of things you can do with 6'3", 230. And then it hit me the other day. I was sitting there when Lovey Smith was announced at our press conference. I looked over and I saw Andre Johnson. And I remembered Andre, the receiver that he was, 6'3", 230, could fly, humble, was such a problem for defenses. And he didn't have a great quarterback to throw him the football. But I thought, man, I get those same feelings when I watch Traylon Burks from out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know what? I, he's, he's wide receiver one. I really like, to your point, Ryan, about Olave. I look at Olave and Jamison Williams a little like I look at kind of Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson. If you mash them up and put them together, they're kind of that guy. I love Olave blocking punts in the same game. He's catching touchdowns like he did against Indiana a couple of years ago. I love Olave's downfield speed. But Traylon Burks, I kept fighting it. And I'm like, you know, 6'3", 6'2", 230 don't grow on trees, man. And I know they played him in the slot. I think he can play in the slot. I think he can play outside. I think teams are going to have all kinds of issues with Traylon Burks. So, yes, not great value to your point, Ryan. I don't think it's great value. Maybe, depending on how teams look at it. But I think Traylon Burks is wide receiver number one. And that's, that's where my $100 would go. I might not get the greatest return, but I feel like I would get a return that Vegas isn't keeping my money. I, I think that's the guy. And I, I don't want to call him a sleeper because he's definitely not that. But if you are going to put some money on Traylon Burks, which I might, well, I'm in Vegas this weekend. <laughs> if you are going to do that, actually, I'm not going to go to uh, do it in Vegas. I'm going to do it um, bet online. All right. But if you are going to do it, you better do it now before he goes to the combine and potentially runs a 4-3. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there are some people that think he'll run that fast. Now, I'd be saying there's no way this guy, 6'3", 230 pounds, runs that fast. But if you watch him on film, it might not look like it at first. But watch how he runs away from defenders. They yes. are not running him down. Yep. He runs yep. away from guys. He opens up. He is fast. So there is potential that he runs fast. And if he runs how some people, at least in the area, you know, he's from Warren, which is in my backyard right now. He's about 15 minutes away from me here in Arkansas. If he runs as fast as these locals think he's going to run, he's going to run in those four threes or low four fours. And if he does that, that's going to boost the stock because I, I don't think there is that guy that people can lean on and say, you know what? This guy's without a doubt the first receiver taken. I tried to search up some props. I couldn't find any right now, but I got to go to Bell Online and um, search that up and see if they have any props on that because I, you got you to get on that prop right there yep. before he runs. Absolutely. All right? But I do like the, the value that Ryan is talking about with Jameson Williams where somebody has hurt. Nobody's expecting that. I mean, his odds to go wide receiver one is probably, I don't know, it's probably plus 900, you know? So you put a- Uh, That sounds right to me. Yeah, you put a couple (laughs) of bills on that, you know? If you you got a little bit of money to to head over to bet online and and put some money on that, a couple of bills, you know, you might be able to come up $1,800. So I like that. I'm buying steaks, fellas. (laughs) So You better be buying more than that if you go plus 900 to that bet, Ryan. Right. You better be going a little bit more than steak. So I got you. I got I'm, you. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw a curveball. Speaking of injuries, I want to get y'all's thoughts because obviously I like talking ball. Drake London at USC. Yeah. Where do you put him? 
So I, I have him right now hovering around wide receiver four slash five. Like he's in that same kind of yeah. category. I have Olave there as well. But I think he's another guy. If he goes to the combine and, and runs well, I think kind of that that big receiver is kind of coming back. Because, you know, I mean, y- y'all remember early 2000s. It was the Andre Johnsons. It, it yeah. was the Mike Williams, uh, yeah. Charles Rogers. Rest in peace, Charles Rogers. You know, it was those really big Reggie Williams out of Washington, yeah. uh, Roy Williams out of Texas. It was those big receivers. And then they kind of started to go away once Odell Beckham came. And teams started kind of trending a little bit more towards more quicker, dynamic guys that are terrific in space and can line up everywhere. But I do think there's start there's going to start to be kind of a trend of building that basketball team of guys that might be six three, six four, six five to play alongside maybe the more quicker, shiftier, dynamic guys. So I think that's where Drake Land is going to fit in a team that's looking to have that big body receiver that's different different than some of the more you know twitched up guys that they have. And I think that's where Drake London, a guy who I think he moves terrific in space. He, he's not going to be the separator that I think right. most people want in a receiver, but he doesn't have to be. He's six foot five. He has a basketball background. He played at USC, played basketball at USC, not just football, played basketball. And I think he moves extremely well for his size. He uses his body to shield off defenders and go up and high point passes and do all those great things. And then they threw him a ton of screens. So they, they like his ability to move in short areas, short quarters and make guys miss and pick up extra yardage. He had, comes with that physicality. I think he's a guy that, you know, you look at kind of T. Higgins. I think he kind of he's going to be able to fit that mold. Can he run away from guys? I'm not quite sure about that. But I think there's a clear area where he wins. So I, I'm pretty high on Drake London. I can't wait to dive into some more of his film. We're going to have a good argument about where he fits because I'm yeah. back and forth. I've done maybe a game or two on each of the top seven. I need more because I just can't get a feel for that. Like, how does your game evolve at the next level? That's that's it for everybody. But he's definitely in my top five right now. We'll get to that, I think, what, next week, Eric? <laughs> we'll go through our top five wide receivers. Well, I, we, we we went through the receivers, but we got to get through them post-combine because that, right. that stuff starts to change. Start yep. seeing some things you don't like and, and start trying to project. How is the NFL thinking about this guy? You can move some guys around. But we'll get to more of that and you know, into later shows, but right now I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. All right, and uh, Built Bar, it's this time of the year where pretty much everyone has given up their New Year's resolutions, but but not this time. Or right, I'm sticking to my resolution. I'm trying to eat right, and thanks to Built Bar, they are making it possible because it almost feels like I'm not really giving up anything with a resolution because it tastes so good and I enjoy it. All right, now have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on a built Bar that is probably the best tasting one that they have. Our Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And just like all other protein bars with, with uh, built Bar, they're covered with 100% real chocolate. Our Puffs are our fan favorite for sure. And they have some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, our coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, which, again, I talked about it before. I had a bunch of those with Ross Jackson out there in uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. He had a bunch of these. And that that uh, banana cream pie, it was delicious. All, right. All Built Bars are covered with 100% real chocolate. And, yes, that includes the puffs. All right. Low calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. And t- like a t- unlike a typical candy bar, you know, it can go two to 300 calories. They don't have that much. All right. Go to Built.com. And... Scroll down for the macros. You'll be blown away. High in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, and low in carb. 
All right, most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Okay, go back and compare that to a candy bar. You are doing much better, much better than a candy bar that probably has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Are right, they have tons of new flavors that are always coming out? Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and uh, a new one, white chocolate cookies and cream. I'm pretty sure that's going to be my favorite. All right, super delicious. Make sure you guys check all that out at built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and get 15% off of your order. Or right, again, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, y'all, let's talk about this safety group. And there are some people that are really high on Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. He's a terrific safety, 6'4", 220. Can't wait to see his exact measurements. I'd guess around uh, 6'3 and a quarter, uh, 218 pounds. I think he's going to run extremely well, probably in the four fours. You see the range that he has running sideline to sideline, whether he's at single high, whether he's at two high, whether he's running sideline to sideline in coverage or playing starting at a two high and coming down and making tackles around the line of scrimmage for a loss on big time downs. I mean, this guy has incredible range in all aspects of his life. So the question is, where should he go? And John Harris, the floor is yours. We'll start with you. I think he should end up in Houston. First of all, I'll go with that. <laughs> I think, well, you know, one of the things about it's funny because I actually I did um, our our morning show on Sports Radio six ten this morning, and my co-host is a guy named Sean Pendergast, and he is he's a domer. Um, his brother actually kicked for Notre Dame back in the early nineties, and so he loves Hamilton. And I don't love Hamilton because you know Sean's a good friend of mine. I love Hamilton because he reminds me of one of my favorite players and the best player, especially at safety, that I have ever seen in my life, and that's Sean Taylor. I saw Sean Taylor when I was coaching in Florida and he was a senior. I'll never forget seeing him on a highlight show and watching him play running back and went, Oh my God. And then they flipped around and they showed him hitting the other running back. And I went, that's, Oh my gosh, that's the best player I've seen. And I have followed, I followed him for so long and then he went to Miami and what he did there, the way they're built, what they do on the field. I mean, Eric, you just broke it down. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with him. You put him in man coverage. And that's the thing to me. Kyle Hamilton is more than just a, a safety. You know, when you put S next to his name, there's a there's this perception of, oh, he's a safety. He, he plays cover three. He's a free safety. Oh, he plays near the box. Kyle Hamilton does all of that. And when I watch him, it just evokes the memory of Sean Taylor, who to my, to my dying day, like you said, RIP Sean Taylor, there's nobody I ever I, I ever saw on a, on a football field do things that just made my jaw drop like Sean Taylor, and that's the class I put Kyle Hamilton in. So to me, the question is, am I drafting a safety too high, putting him in a top five? And then you think, well, he's more than just a safety because if he's got to play Will, he plays Will. He plays nickel or star, he plays nickel or star. You put him in the middle of the field. And, oh, by the way, like you think of a team like Houston, I don't – this it wouldn't be the plan, but if you get a pinch because of how much zone we play – if you taught him to play, you know, funnel and jam on a cover two, he could go play corner for you if you needed him to. There's so much more that you get. Now, I wouldn't use him at corner, but I just think there's so much bang for your buck you get for a safety that I would do it in the top five. I look at other guys. There are guys I like at this position. I'm mm-hmm. probably a little bit harder on safeties just because that's a position I played and coached. And I, and I watched this guy. I like Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, Dax Hill. There's some guys that do some good things. I like Jalen Peacher from Baylor. Kyle Hamilton's at a different level. 
And when you go back and you watch the Florida State game, everybody points out the interception he has when he comes from the opposite hash on the <laughs> sideline and makes the pick. Yeah. To me, the play is it's awesome. But nobody remembers the play he makes later where he's in man coverage on the running back. And essentially, they cross the running back the other side of formation, and they're just it's a pick play. They're running like three receivers down in, tight end down in, and they're all just trying to pick him off. And he sprints through all of it, gets to the running back, gets a hand on the ball, tips it, and his defense, his fellow cornerback, picks it off. So in that game, he accounted basically for three interceptions. And that play was the most impressive because he's got to cross the formation from one side all the way to the other. And he got there and still made the play and got a takeaway. And I just saw that and went, man, we're all talking about this range. But then you see that. You see the speed, the ability to close, and then to make a play at a key time. Yeah, he's going to miss some tackles. There's no doubt. He's going to miss some tackles. He's going to come up like a you know a hellraiser. And he's going to miss a few. But, man, he's going to get to some tackles that other guys aren't even going to get close to. So John, he's the full package. Yeah, John, real quick. Uh, how – and is Justin Reed – going to be a free he's agent a free agent yeah he's a free agent will so, he be brought back and if so how can they question. play with each other it's a great question because i talked to jay reed probably a couple weeks ago we were at an event together and i just said look man you know the nfl you know guys you, you form this relationship with them then you go to the offseason everybody kind of leaves and goes to their home and then they sign with a different team and you're going to talk to him again and so i was it was i was glad i got a chance to talk to him and i said Man, look, I want you to be here, but I know the business of football, man. And he goes, look, I want to be here, but at that time we're still figuring out the coach. Justin yeah. was very happy about Lovey getting the head coaching job. But mm. you know how it is. Money talks. And if some team, you know, wants to throw, you know, three years, 27 mil or whatever it is at him, you know, more power to him. But with Jay Reed and with Hamilton, I think you can interchange those guys. You know, we obviously play a lot of Tampa, too. But off of Tampa, too, there's some things that you can do. And if you got two safeties that can interchange, you can bring one down in the box based on, on play flow. And, you know, one, you know, that safety gets flow his side. He can fill in the alley. Other one gets to, to the middle of the field. There's so many things you can do with two athletes like that and the range that they can cover. And we got beat early, especially in the year, with our safeties playing Tampa, too, because they were playing so wide. And it, they kind of had to learn to, you know, look, you can't be that wide and really put your middle runner in, in, yeah. in, a, lot of, in a lot of harm. But if you have guys like Hamilton and Reed, now Justin knows a little bit more, and a guy that has the range like Hamilton, that middle route isn't going to hurt you. You know, Christian Kirksey carrying number three up the seam, you know, up the field, you're not going to get burned by that. But we got burned by that a few times. So I think those two end up working very, very well together. And – Look, when you're a 413 team, you draft really good football players and you figure it to bleep out. You know, I mean, you got to. I mean, that's what you really have to do. <laughs> right. And he's definitely one of those. He's definitely a really good football player. That's the guy I'm excited to kind of see what the rest of the NFL thinks about him. I mean, I think some of it is going to be predicated on how well he runs. You yes. know, the interesting thing is because I was really high on a couple of safeties a couple of years ago and probably Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He might be the highest that, – that might – in recent memory, I think – I don't think I've ever been higher on a safety than Minka. Yeah. Uh, just with everything that he brought uh, from a leadership standpoint, playmaking ability, versatility, all that. Derwin James also in that same class. And I think Kyle Hamilton has a little bit of Derwin to him. Not in the sense yeah. of – you know, I'm not saying he's going to be Derwin or right. might, you know, not used like that. But 
how they're kind of built, you know, kind of longer uh, guys, a little bit more linear in, in that way, kind of long uh, bodies and frames. And, you know, are those type of safeties still a priority in the NFL? Like, are they going to prioritize that guy? Because you got guys like Daxton Hill. Are teams going to prioritize the way Daxton Hill is built and his ability to play in, like, a two-high or a single-high, but also come in the box and do more kind of Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew type stuff as a safety where maybe you don't want Kyle Hamilton doing that because he has longer movements, he's a high-cut kind of guy. Yeah. Do you think that would hurt or work against him? Oh, that's a great question. I, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't for me – because I think about Kyle Hamilton and I think about the number of, of ways that I can end up using him. And look, if, if a guy, if Kyle Hamilton can play any man coverage at all, I mean, just what that value adds of where I can put a guy, who I can put him on. Uh, you bring Derwin James is a great example of that because I thought Derwin, the first year after uh, his freshman year at Florida State, I thought, oh, this guy's the truth. There's, there's no doubt this guy's absolutely the truth. And I think that Derwin with Brandon Staley is going to be a, as long as Brand, as long as Derwin can stay stay healthy, because Derwin can cover. But Derwin can do so much at his size and cover. And I think that's what separates Hamilton from some of these other guys. You know, Dax Hill, who I like, he's 190 pounds. What's yeah. man? Yeah, those you know what's crazy? Eating, I just uh, looked up Le Leroy Butler, who's going into the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, I just looked up his size. He was like 190 pound safety, but he looked so big back in those days. Yeah. I don't know if it's the shoulder pads. The big but, shoulder um, pads. Those 90 <laughs> shoulder pads, man. Those things were, yeah. things were shelves on your shoulders. So right. Butler is a good, it's a he's a good comparison from, from the standpoint of playmaking ability. And I, you know, I go back to my days of coaching at Jacksonville. I heard all about Leroy Butler. He's from Jacksonville, he's from Duval County. And it was about playmaking and the different things that he could do. And I remember the Broncos in that 97 Super Bowl, you know, the first Super Bowl they played uh, against the, the Packers, it was all predicated on where Leroy Butler was, they were going the other way. And to me, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate respect. And I think teams that are going to face Kyle Hamilton eventually are going to be like, yo, we do not want to mess with that guy. When we face the Chargers, I mean, thankfully, Derwin James didn't play. But I don't know what we would have. I don't know how we would have handled that guy. I mean, he was—he's just a menace because of his size, but also his football IQ and his ability and, and desire to come up and strike and and strike with a fury. And I think Kyle Hamilton has that as well. No doubt, and it's about stopping the pass. You have to get your hands on it. I think the two of them. I think they lead the class in PBUs for career. I think Hamilton and Hill. So. They're totally different. To call them the same position is crazy. Yeah, exactly. And there's still use for whatever you get, but being able, like you said, to have that jack of all trades that you can put anywhere in there, I like that. I, I like Brisker as well. I think Petrie can do a number of things for you as well, but it, everybody has something that you have to say, okay, I don't want him doing that for me, whereas Hamilton's the one guy that I don't think you have that. And that's what you know. NFL teams are going to have to figure out is – is he the type of safety that fits this modern-day brand of football that's so spread out, wide open? And can he play in space? To me, definitely looks like it, especially too high. Like, you know, John talked about far hash, run all across the field, pick a ball off, diving out of bounds. Man, that's really exciting to see. But a couple of weeks, we're going to find out a little bit more about how they feel about this group. And we're going to talk a little bit about it as well. Hopefully, we get to the safeties in our top five before the combine. We're going to have to get a rush on this stuff, Ryan. 
But I think that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate everyone that made us your first listen of the day. John Harris, we always appreciate him coming through. Jay Harris Football on Twitter. Make sure you guys give him a follow. Also, Ryan Tracy NFL and Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Follow me as well. But, uh, yeah, reviews. Make sure you guys post that. Uh, give us some stars, five stars recommended, but you know, whatever it is, let us know how we're doing and some of the things that y'all want to hear about, talk about. If you can't find this, if we don't get to the review before the next show, make sure you just add us on Twitter. I'm pretty sure you'll find us there. Shit is DMs, all that good stuff. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NFL Draft. We will see y'all tomorrow. Peace.